Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition, a Red Shirt Friday edition of Roll Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is continue to address the issues between food production and food consumption, in particular the people that are involved with both producing and consuming. And just earlier today on Across the Pond, I was picking on Iwegians, you know, idiots out wandering around. Lo and behold, I had a couple of them get a hold of me, and they're proud to be a part of Team Iowa. I don't know what's wrong with these people. Steve, Corey, Stacy, Stacy Bash, how are you guys? Great. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> we're good. And both proud to be from Iowa. Is that the moral of the story? Just remember, I could see the state of Nebraska from my front porch, just like Sarah could see Russia from hers. You know, Steve. Actually, you're worse case than Stacy. Stacy, I, I don't. I, she grew up in Iowa. She doesn't know any better. You chose to leave South Dakota to go to Iowa. What's wrong with this story? Well, remember now, it was South Dakota to Hawaii to California to Iowa. I didn't come <laughs> from South Dakota to Iowa. I would never have done that, Trent. You know that. I look at it this way: we're to the right of Nebraska because we're right. Ooh. Not if you're coming from North Dakota. You would be to the left of Nebraska. If, you, if you're if you a, a migrant bird flying south for the winter, Iowa is a left turn. Probably, which, especially <laughs> in the wintertime. Which means, Stacey, that we are migrant birds flying north for the summer. Yeah, see, yeah. I thought she'd yeah. pick up on that. But anyway, yeah. Team Iowa, like Steve, tell us about Team Iowa. Well, Team Iowa is a um, state chapter, as I mentioned, to a all-volunteer organization called Team America. Uh, Team America was started oh, a little over three years ago. It might be a little longer than that uh, by a gentleman by the name of Jeffrey Prather, who uh, was retired uh, from the U.S. Army as an intelligence officer. He held the rank of major um, and then went to work for the DEA and DIA had two federal badges uh, working uh, drug interdiction all up and down the south uh, you know, South and Central America, along the border, et cetera, and um, got caught up in the uh, little gun running operation, otherwise known as Fast and Furious, by the Obama, I mean, Obama administration, sorry, slip of the tongue. And no apology um, necessary. Okay. And uh, two of the agents were murdered um, by the cartels with our guns. And Jeffrey was one of the people who blew the whistle on the feds for that little nefarious act. And uh, one uh, less than, well, he had about a year out from retirement. And first of all, they went after him, spent a fair chunk of money out of his pocket to defend himself, even though from from the feds, but he was never charged with anything. And a year before retirement where he could draw a pension, they kicked him out. So he started um, Team America and the mission statement for uh, Team America is to take back our republic legally, morally and ethically. Um, we are not a militia or anything like that. Um, Jeffrey basically in his podcast uh, describes us as being a resistance movement. Um, we've got uh, close to 40 states now that have active teams mm, nice. um, all, all working, you know, within within their states on different, you know, each state has its own unique challenges. Trent, as you know, you and I work together in CO2 pipelines and, and things like that, which, you know, Iowa has been sort of ground zero at. Um, Team Iowa is primarily involved right now, and Stacy is taking the lead on this, 
in human trafficking in the state of Iowa. Um, and we are ranked right now in the U.S. number three, and that's per capita, of course, uh, in regards to human trafficking. And then Stacy's going to kind of take you down into the weeds and what that means. Um, we're also involved with identifying, we've got 99 counties um, in the state of Iowa, as, as you know, Trent, and we are trying to work with our sheriffs to, first of all, identify the, the ones who understand and know uh, the power they have, that they hold as the county sheriff, and that is given to them by the Constitution, um, helping them to understand that if they don't. And then those who do, and what we consider or call a constitutional sheriff, we want to uh, we want to collaborate with and work with in our counties. I know Trent, you and I have talked um, numerous times that you know, as far as we're concerned, the two of us, you know, all politics needs to be addressed in our own backyard, or as I say, in our own litter boxes that we like to scratch around in, right? And um, so the sheriff is is really an important aspect, especially with what's happening in our world today, our country, uh, the, the issue of security with the invasion that's taking place. Yes, I said invasion. Um, and um, so that the sheriffs and then, uh, you know, we are involved um, to some degree in state politics as well, collaborating with other patriot groups around the state. And there's numerous um, people who are working to try and identify you know, candidates, potential candidates to run uh, as conservatives, real conservatives, not rhino conservatives, because I was chock full of them. Um, and, and that's kind of really where we're working. We are also working on training. We will be working on helping to train people who are interested in understanding things regarding um, prepping, homesteading, as far as being able to provide for themselves food, energy, defense, etc. Once again, we are not a militia. How's that? Um, so I let you get away with it once, but two times is I'm going to have to throw a red flag, Steve Corey. Okay. The Second Amendment gives me the right to a well-regulated militia. I don't think we should uh, say that there's anything wrong with a militia. We are. There's nothing wrong with a militia. In fact, um, one of the areas that we are also starting to work on, I've got one of our team members working on tactical civics. Mm-hmm where we would be working to stand up our own, um, our own grand, you know, uh, juries, you know, right. Grand juries in our counties and potentially set up a, our own standing militia in the counties to support what we would call a committee of safety uh, to support our local sheriffs in the state of emergencies and things like that. Because as you know, Trent, the sheriff has the power to deputize, Anybody he deems necessary in a scenario where he needs support and help out of the constituency that he reports to. So I get that. And you're right. We're just trying to, eh, you know, right. be a little. Uh, so now that you brought that up, uh, January 2nd, my county in Nebraska, we had a new sheriff. And we had a meeting last week. And I point blank said, I am, I've been involved in setting up committees for safety in counties in two states other than my own state and my own county, and I'm not going to be able to say that any longer, Sheriff, because I am going to work at developing this county community on safety, and uh, I want that to be in cooperation with the Sheriff's Department. What do you think about that? And he was ecstatic. 
he was absolutely very encouraged and wanted to know that he could have a group of, of county citizens that were working in cooperation with the county sheriff. And I encourage everybody, I'm sharing this because, Stacy, I want everybody to take the initiative to sit down with your sheriff and have these discussions, which I know nobody is more active at the grassroots level than Stacy Bash. I've witnessed it. Well, I try. I do try. So, yeah, I, I love our sheriff. Our sheriff is definitely a constitutional sheriff. And so we've had many conversations and um, with leading that Patriot group that we have up here in Kasuth County, we have lots of people that have raised their hand to say, I'll be on that committee of safety. Mm -hmm. Is it actually formed or is it still just a, a thought and process like I mine at this moment? Thought and process. I mean, people have it kind of in their in their brain and they're like, they're willing. Um, you know, we've been trying to set up a plan of action that if uh, with the invasion going across our border, that if something should happen, we have action steps in place. Yeah. We could also substitute the word when, when something happens, because the invasion is becoming, well, even the governor, or not to, excuse me, not the governor, the mayor of Denver, which when I was in Denver in January, you know, I found nine hotels that have now been converted into homeless shelters. Even the mayor of Denver is starting to say, oh, we, we need to take a pause here. We can't continue to handle what is happening in terms of this explosion of illegals and homeless in the city of Denver. And when you have somebody who's never been, never even claimed to be center or right, starting to talk about that, you know the problem is real. Right. If I could chime in, one of the th where I'm at with it in Woodbury County here in the northwest side of the state, um, I have you know my I'm very close with our sheriff, um, and now I've brought in the director of emergency services in the county. Um, you know, trying to sort of find my way, you know, navigate my way in these uncharted waters of how did we how do we develop this committee of safety? Um, the sheriff's all in, but he basically has said, Steve, you got to do it. I can't be right. a part. Of you got to bring it to me. And, and so now I'm working with a gentleman by, by the name of Michael Montino, who's an Italian boy from Chicago. I would have never guessed that was Italian, Steve Corey, but I have to take another guess. We are out of time in this segment. We're going to talk about human trafficking, which is what brought us together here today. Steve Corey, Stacey Besh, more after this. Let's talk about Greg Hager. Greg Hager gets us all back to our roots, our Christian roots, our country roots. He writes his own songs. He puts his whole heart and soul into it. And that's why you feel it when you're listening to him in person or one of the CDs. GregHager.com, Cowboy Entertainer of the Year. Get more details at GregHager.com. Welcome back. Roll route to the program on a red shirt Friday. AC Bash joining us, Steve Corey, both from Iowa. I'm going to set this up, guys, and then I want to talk about human trafficking because if you, I, I think you both know that November the 6th, 2022, I went to Eagle Pass. I spent the day with the Texas National Guard. They gave me an unfettered tour of what was actually happening, actually uh, uh, took in custody illegals while we were there. And I, before I left town, stood in front of the Rio Grande River, Pedro Negros behind me, 12 young men up on a, a lookout, which I know they're work, looking out for the cartels, did a broadcast, which was live on Facebook, 
live on Beck News, live on all my stations. And I said, I see what's going on here at the border with this sex and human trafficking thing. I will do what it takes to get it shut down. Five days later, I was removed from Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp. Only thing is, I was removed from accessing my pages. They were still controlling my pages. And in the past three, four months, started getting very pornographic stuff posted as though it was me. My attorney general, Mike Hilgers, as a, a, a representative of law and order, actually took it upon himself for the last three months and last week got me completely removed from Facebook because many reasons. And why I'm walking you through this is that Mike Hilgers is going to be joining me next week talking about human trafficking because it's one of his core principles that we must shut down. And when you have an attorney general working with you like this, it's fantastic. But I tell you all that long drawn out story about my woes, simply to say the concerted effort from the powers that be to continue to keep what is actually happening to human beings is unimaginable. And Stacy, you have had movie movies and local communities and theaters and trying to bring an awareness to what's really going on. Where are we at in bringing the awareness? And then both of you will follow up on what do we as concerned citizens do? So first of all, Stacey, kind of give us a glimpse of how you have brought this to the local community to say, hey, here's what's going on, even in Iowa, because we want to think it's happening in California, right. New York or Chicago. That's not the case. Go. Well, first, I will just say the reason it's so prevalent in rural states or rural communities. Um, one, we have our interstates, but it's really easy to hide people or transport people through rural communities because nobody thinks it's happening here. Um, and the other thing, the reason Iowa was so is so large in how much trafficking is because of our laws. And I'll talk about that here in a little bit, how our laws change, but we still are having some problems with that. Well, after the Sound of Movie, uh, the, after the Sound of Freedom movie came out this last summer, which I was excited to see, I knew that Mel Gibson was putting this out. It was about human trafficking, but the only thing that was disappointing was that it was more focused on outside this country than what's happening inside this country. And then I became aware of a film, a documentary film called Grid Shock, and it was produced by Vanessa McNeil um, through Iowa State University. And she put together a film on what's happening just in Iowa as far as human trafficking. And once I saw that film for the first time, I knew that we needed to get that out there and push it more because it was this next big piece of the puzzle to letting people know like Sound of Freedom kind of opened the door, but now Grid Shock like opened their eyes completely. And then as far as Team Iowa, I told Steve like, we need to make this a priority initiative. Uh, if we can go out there to every community from every corner of our state and let people know like, this is what's happening in Iowa. Um, and this journey has led us to be good friends with our, we have three detectives, that's all in our state. Uh, we're good friends with them. We're friends now with people who are directors of safe houses. Uh, so we have collected a lot of data and information from legislators um, all the way to those detectives. So our talking points um, that we usually will share after the film, the film is only 55 minutes long, uh, but we share about 45 minutes worth of information. And honestly, I could probably talk for three to four hours to an audience audience on all the information we have gathered, plus the numerous amounts of phone calls that I have received from victims thanking us for getting this information out because they said for years, nobody believed them. Um, and because people look at human trafficking as either A, it's not happening, uh, B, it's only abduction because a lot of us come from the Johnny Gosh days um, way back when. And well, it's 
only 8% is abduction, 92% is through manipulation. So when people realize that it's not about abducting, it is literally about manipulation, it's not prostitution, because the biggest difference between prostitution and human trafficking is choice. Uh, that's the biggest thing. So when we are showing this, people are just appalled because it's happening in our backyards. And when they think it's just about the interstates, I start sharing with some I start sharing some true stories that happened literally. Well, one huge one in our state happened 24 miles from my home in 2012, and nobody even knew about it. And these are in small, small communities. So we have shown, I know between Steve and I, I think we're up to at least 25 communities that we have shown this in, that we are sharing and talking. Um, it, the ball is rolling at a rapid pace because people are now, they'll come to an event that we're doing. They'll go home, which that's what we want them to do is go out and share this information. Then we're getting more phone calls. How can I get this in my community? Uh, I was just at an event Tuesday night with a large group of legislators in our state, which I consider the A-team legislators. And we handed out tons of information to them. And now they are calling saying, how can we get this you know, information out? So that's where we're at for how we're educating people. We are as Team Iowa, especially Steve and I out there, we are just advocates. We are not detectives. Um, we're not law enforcement. Uh, we're not even crisis counselors. But we now have an amazing resource of people that we can connect the dots for these people. Um, so if somebody does call us or somebody comes up to us at an event, we can be like, here's who you need to call and, and go to. And I, I feel um, that is probably the reward for us is that we can help people. People just don't realize that human trafficking has now exceeded narcotics because narcotics you can only sell one time, but a human you can sell multiple times. Uh, that's why it's become so huge in our country and people just are clueless to that. They just can't believe that there's that big of evil out there that would sell another human being. And we're not talking just, I mean, it's, it's kids. I mean, we, I just heard of the case here um, not that long ago. And it was a 14-year-old brother, um, and it was his four-year-old sister. So that was the victim. So, I mean, we go from young all the way up to, you know, older people. So that's where we're at, Trent, on that. But as um, you want to keep going on, you know, as far uh, as what's happening. Well, I just wanted to, I mean, I can't applaud you more, both of you, for what you're doing in terms of, you know, you can bring awareness, but to empower people on here's what you do. Here's step A, B, C, and D. That's huge because people become enlightened, but then they don't know where to turn or what to do. And you know what I was thinking about, guys, as we're sitting here, something I don't participate in is happening on Sunday, happened Sunday. And who would ever guess that these large festivals, whether it be the Sturgis Rally or the Super Bowl or any other event, have become these mega human trafficking events that yeah, nobody was talking about previously. And we need to expose this. And I can show you places in Nebraska where mothers were trafficking their own kids. And like, how do you do that? Yeah, that's happening in Iowa too. Hey, Trent. Yeah. Yes, I, one thing that I want to um, premise this is that we are not a nonprofit. We're not a 501 anything. We, Team Iowa is a group of volunteers um, Stacy and I and the other team members that do this kind of work are doing it literally at our own expense, our own time. Um, we've got a little bit of money that we pulled together as a team. We had to buy the rights to take grid shock out to the communities. 
Um, you know, that's, you know, we did it exactly the way it's supposed to be done. You can buy the movie to see it, you know, view it personally for 10 bucks. Um, we had to spend more money than that to be able to take it legitimately out to the communities. And, you know, so we don't pass the hat, but Stacy has had a number of um, times that she has shown grid shock and they, and the people come up and given her a check and, you know, and it helps us to defer some of the cost of fuel and things like that. So I just wanted to lay that foundation underneath this as well. Where do people go get more information before we go farther? Well, if you wanted to actually watch it, um, I would tell people just to type in on Google grid shock, um, the documentary, and when it comes up, it'll say that you can view it for $10. Mm. I always tell people that's a good place to start with, with understanding what's happening in Iowa, but it's our information after that's really important. Really our Facebook page, my Facebook page personally um, is where I put out where I'm going next in communities. We don't have a team Facebook page. So the biggest thing is the community that's hosting the event. will do a lot of marketing with flyers and advertisement, but otherwise social media is the only place to hear or see where an event is happening. You got to get off of Google and Facebook, Stacey Bish. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm not a fan of either, but whatever it takes to get the word out. Thank you, Stacey. Steve, we'll be back with the second half of Rural Wrap. I want to remind you what's happening in the month of February. Simpson Farm Enterprises of Hayes, Kansas is going to have, I think, six events. No, five events for this for the month of February. All of them are listed under upcoming events at simpsonfarm.com. But the three immediate ones you need to know about. It's the sixth day of February. That's next week on Tuesday. In Grand Island, Nebraska, Simpson Farm Enterprises, Grand Island, Nebraska. Then on February 13th, Great Bend, Kansas. February 14th in Ransom, Kansas. I plan to attend Great Bend and Ransom. And it's about education, it's about camaraderie, and it's about service and the Apache sprayer technology. Details at simpsonfarm.com. More roll route after this. Welcome back, Trent Luce, alongside Stacy Besh, Steve Corey. Roll around to the program. We are into the second half of the endeavor. So, uh, Steve, where do we pick this up from here? Because we've opened a lot of can of worms. And he here's the biggest thing that I want to say. I still see people in small rural communities that know what's happening in the, the house three doors down but they're afraid to say something or get involved, even tell the sheriff, because they're afraid they're going to be targeted. I, I want to figure out how to get beyond that. So there's, there's like, like you said, it is a can of worms and there's so many different inflection points when we start talking about human trafficking and, you know, Stacy and I, you know, since this started, you know, we're, we're going through this tremendous, tremendous learning curve. Um, and I'll share um, an event that I held last week with you in a moment, but, there's a number of things. First of all, a lot of the Johns or customers that are buying trafficked people, and most of the victims are women. It's, it's, a, it's a man problem. I've been told that numerous times, okay? Um, many of the Johns are the leaders, the movers, and the shakers in our own communities. They're the business leaders. They wear a tie and a, and a jacket. They've got college degrees. We've got ministers, we've got uh, mayors, prominent business leaders. So that can be a problem, right? Um, you know, we had a county attorney who, when um, uh, 
an investigator walked into his office and saw a picture of the Ford dealer in his community, the owner of the Ford dealership. And he said, how come that's on your wall? Well, he's my best friend. He said, you know, that he's, you know, a, a John, right? And, and, and the county attorney does, would not do anything about it because it's his personal friend. Oftentimes at the county level, they don't prosecute because they have relationships with these Johns. And so they move it over to the federal side and then the feds just, well, you know, I don't have time for that. There's that issue. There's the issue of the victim. Um, if to, to even get the victim to get back and to sit, to go through the whole hellacious experience that they had, to put them in front of a jury in a courtroom to mm-hmm. have to go through the the hell that the defense attorney is going to put them through in rehashing the whole thing again. There's that. And Stacy can talk to some of this, um, you know, as, as well. Uh, it, it's, it's, the challenges are just amazing. And, and really that's why it's so important for us to educate our communities about the, the darkness that this is. And, and, just to give you an understanding, Grid Shock is basically three women who were trafficked in Iowa. And one, and then the other person that's interviewed in this, there's multiple investigators and things like that that talk in the documentary. But they, they, she also was able to get one of the Johns to come on in front of a camera and talk about how he ended up going down this, you know, and becoming addicted to porn. And he speaks graphically about this porn addiction and oftentimes human trafficking from a customer standpoint or purview starts in porn. And then it goes from porn, it goes from there into the real deal. But to give you an understanding, and I don't want to, you know, uh, I don't want to tell you about the documentary, but these women share the fact that in one night they could be raped 20 to 40 times a night trend or more I, I i cannot i can't bring that in i can't either. get my mind around that no i i, I can't either um, it's so shocking to hear that to, i mean it, it reaches down it touches you at in your with your in your own soul and and i i don't know how these women can even have the courage to get in front of a camera and talk about this and they do and they do a, a beautiful job the courage that that took for them to do this is hard for me to even understand. Uh, I just want to add before Stacy, before you add to that, um, I don't know that if everybody knows, but there is a registered sex offender. Now, you, Steve, you're talking about unprosecuted people, but you also should know in your community who's already a registered sex offender. And, you know, I, a couple times a year, just kind of go look at who's local because I'm the father of three daughters. Not all of them live at home anymore, but it's good to keep track of who people are in your own community. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so last week, I'll tell you real quick like, um, I was up in Hull, Iowa, in Sioux County, and in it, uh, at the uh, Western Christian High School with Grid Shock, and it was awesome. We actually had the county sheriff uh jamie than horst and and he was involved with some of the community people to really spearhead getting the word out about grid shock he has a facebook page he was on a radio station that they broadcast out of um up there and probably and sue was, center uh, it was sue center radio mm-hmm. station um he was on the radio station he's got a deputy a young gal 
uh, who works in this domain. And she was, and so it was really, um, it, it turned out to be an awesome event. And once again, a, a learning opportunity for me, um, got to, you know, meet him. But then we had a Zoom call about a week prior to the event. And there were um, some women that are part of domestic violence crisis centers up there that I didn't even know existed. And, and so, of course, human trafficking certainly falls under, you know, domestic violence in many cases because it's happening within our own homes and things like that. So it kind of falls under that umbrella to a degree. But um, after, the, after the documentary, you know, Jamie started the, the, the evening out um, and, uh, and did a nice job. We showed the documentary and then I come up to do talking points like Stacy does as well afterwards. But I ended up bringing all of these people who are, I had Jamie and his deputy up there and then these women from these three different uh, advocacy groups up and, and they were all able to kind of do a back and forth question, answer and discussion with the 60 people that were there. And it was, it was very, it was an amazing evening um, all for all of us. Um, you know, I can tell you that every time I've shown grid shock after the documentary closes and the credits are flashing up, I get up, you know, to, to talk. The It takes me a while to gather myself to even speak. A, that's the effect it has on me. And B, you can hear a pin drop. The people are speechless after, after they see what they see in this documentary. Stacey, if you want to add to that, please. Yeah, I just, I think that's the biggest thing is as soon as the documentary is over, it's just silent. And then I kind of roll right into some good news um, because we need some good news after watching that. I mean, the real reason why Iowa's been so high is because our one of, one of the biggest reasons is our law. Our law for many years was that it was a class D felony, which is no different than stealing a thousand dollar TV from Walmart. And that's what people were being uh, charged with. That is about a two and a half year sentence. And most of them don't even serve jail time. So very easy for traffickers to say, what's the big deal? I just get a slap on the wrist and a fine. So I mean, when they're making up to $5,000 a ticket on selling somebody, a fine's not a big deal to them at all. Well, we had a champion legislator. So our good news is, is Mark Thompson from Clarion, um, who was a freshman legislator last year, who initiated a bill uh, that would change that law, that it would go to anyone over the age of 18, it'd be a class B felony, and then anyone under the age of 18 uh, would be a class A felony. And he made sure that the law reads, anyone who benefits from human trafficking. So this is the Johns, it's the Madams, it's the Pence, it's the, the trafficker themselves, because we needed to figure out how do we go after people, except for, and not just the trafficker, because the Johns would just slip away into the night. But if it wasn't for Johns having this addiction or um, they were searching the buyers, we wouldn't have this problem. So um, it passed through our House and Senate unanimously. And on May 16th, our governor signed over um, that law. So we have a new law. Now, we have not had a case yet since May 16th prosecuted under wow. this new law. Why? And that's what I asked. I asked, why have we not? And I asked our detectives that. Because the main reason is a lot of these county attorneys are passing the cases over to the feds because they don't want to prosecute because oh, a lot of their goodness. friends are the Johns. So I, I want to interrupt, Stacy for a couple of reasons. Mark Thompson, a great American hero. If you don't know the story of Mark Thompson and Benghazi, everybody needs to research that. This is not just some freshman legislator. This is a true hero in the United States military. Uh, secondly, 
I have learned this through my friend, Representative Kerry Barth in Kansas, and it speaks to what you're talking about right here. And I think most people in states that are listening, no matter what state they're in, think, well, there's a federal law. It's no big deal. What Steve told us earlier is so true. It's a federal law. It's a federal crime to traffic. But in so many cases, the federal workload is so heavy, they just, oh, it's not worth it. We're not going to do it. Kansas, just like Iowa, did not have a state statute that addressed this. So they just relied on the federal authorities, which never had any yielded any results in taking criminal matters into hand. And she championed, just like Mark Thompson, the state statute to make this happen. But if you have the state attorney general and the counties that are not willing to follow through on what is taking place and just passing it off to the feds, you haven't accomplished anything. So I'm bringing that all to the forefront to say, no matter what the statute may be, you still, as a citizen, need to engage to make sure that accountability is brought, brought about. Yeah, I think we need to go after our county attorneys and put pressure on them to be prosecuting these cases. Um, so we're hoping there's one case down in Ottumwa, Iowa, that we are hoping will be the first case. Because once we get one case prosecuted, right. that will set precedence for the rest of them. Here's here's a um, here's the primary takeaway from from the I think from the documentary for for me. If there aren't any customers, there's no human trafficking. So how do we how do we stop this demand? you know, from these people for, you know, for other, for them to feed on or on other human beings, you know, if we can get the word out, you know, the see something, say something kind of consciousness that we need to have, something doesn't feel right, seem right when you're at a travel center, a rest area, a motel, or wherever, right, then you should say something, right, and, and, and the other thing is, if we can shine the spotlight as broad and as bright as possible, across the spectrum in our communities, in our churches, in our schools, um, and make it just so difficult for these people who have this addiction and make it so risky for them, you know? Um, Stacy, do you want to give the details mm -hmm. on the Not laws? Stacy, you can give the details when we come back with the last segment. Roll Route, Redshirt Friday, Trent Luce, Stacy Besh, Steve Corey, more after this. Dr. Nathan Bryan continues to provide the information about healthy living, feeding the cardiovascular system, feeding the immune system, feeding every organ in your body to work properly. That's what nitric oxide is all about. If you'd like to get the science, Dr. Nathan Bryan has some great educational videos. 18 and a half years. I maybe missed five days in 18 and a half years. That's just when I had a supply chain issue, which was usually my fault. Go to the website, NO2U, that's NO number two, letter U.com. Trent is your coupon code, and that gets you free shipping. That means you pay no shipping. Does that mean I pay the shipping? I don't know how this works. How's this a good deal? It's a good deal for you, NO2U.com. Welcome back, Trent Luce, alongside Stacy Besh, who had just interrupted. I hadn't, I'm sorry, Stacy. My mom tells me don't interrupt people when they're talking, but I had no choice. You know, time time is the essence. Steve Corey, Team Iowa, and we're going to talk about this, Stacy. But then we're also going to make sure that you get information. Both of you get information to folks in other states that want to know what to do, what's happening, and what they can do. But Stacy, all right, 
you wanted I, to address? You know, I didn't really want to jump on that first um, is what to do because uh, we've gotten phone calls. We've received many phone calls from victims. And the biggest thing is how most of these victims were saved is because somebody took the courage to see something and say something. And so that's that's the second thing I tell people to do. Really, the first thing that I tell people that they can do, because people are asking, like, what can we do, especially after they've seen the film, you know, Grid Shock, and they've heard all of our information, is I tell them that if they leave that event, or they're listening to this podcast, and they just go out and they don't say anything about it, they just wasted their time. So they need to go out and share it with their friends, families, and neighbors, like, did you know? Just start off with that sentence, you know, like, did you know that this is happening? Um, it's Because then if we've shocked people, we know they're going to shock people. And then I always tell people that if somebody says to you, oh, I can't hear that because I won't be able to sleep tonight, I pity the person that says that to me. Because if you are so worried that you can't sleep tonight, Think about what those victims have gone through for years and all the nights that they've been raped, you know, numerous times. And you're going to sit there and tell me you can't hear it. So I have no I have no uh, empathy for anybody like that. But the second thing really is to see something, say something. They say to TSA all the time. Let's do that around our communities. So if you're in another state right now, you got to have the courage to stand up and say no more because just closing your eyes and, you know, covering your ears and thinking, ah, I don't want to get involved. Um, you can call anonymously. There's many resources out there nationally or state level that you can call um, to leave anonymous information. So I would encourage people to do that. In fact, you know, I've learned from a situation, I know we don't have time today, but a personal story that, you know, I wasn't even training my staff well enough on how to see something, say something. So you got to do that. A victim not that long ago who's being trafficked all over our country and every state in this nation was finally stopped and picked up um, by a cop in Ames, Iowa, because a couple in the truck stop saw what was happening. Mm. So thank goodness for that couple. And then they helped that lady get to a safe house in Kansas. So, I mean, if it wasn't for somebody having the courage to say, oh, my goodness, like we need to make a phone call. And the detectives have told us they would rather receive a phone call and it lead to nothing than to receive no phone call at all, because you you could be saving a life. I mean, truly saving a life. So that's, I would tell people that's the next thing. And then the third and final thing for taking action is to reach out to your legislators. Now I'm telling everybody in Iowa, reach out to your legislators. First of all, thank them for passing this because every single one in our state passed this unanimously because it's a thankless job. And then the second thing would be is to push for more funding for it. Why do we only have three detectives in our state? We want judges who only work on sex crimes. I mean, because otherwise our court systems are so backed up. We need more safe houses and more funding for safe houses. We only have four in our state of Iowa and 10% is what the the government will give for uh, a grant money. The 90% has to come from outside sources. So we are just lacking in funding um, and helping people that way. So if you can do those three action steps. Let me interject and ask a question. You put a lot on government and I'm to the point where government's not part of any of our solutions. Isn't there a role for uh, philanthropic initiatives where people will fund awareness campaigns like you're doing here more movies and and then work in partnership with those county prosecutors to make sure there's follow-through well, yeah i think we can absolutely do that but i think we have to get that education out there first because nobody's going to jump on if they don't think there's a problem 
So we got to get the problem um, in front of people's faces. And then people are going to say, yeah, hey, I'll jump I on. I think you misunderstood me, Stacey. And I want to make sure everyone understands. I, I, I'm all about awareness and we need to do more awareness. But to sit back and think that a state legislative initiative is going to be the solution long term, I can't get behind that because because they've not been success, successful in any regard in terms of accountability. Well, it takes too long and they, they also, it takes too long and it, it always gets tied up in bureaucracy and ineffectiveness, inefficiencies. I mean, yes, right. we, you know, we, we're getting, you know, at least getting laws strengthened and passed, you know, if we can get more, you know, Leo law enforcement involved and investigators would certainly be helpful. But uh, up to your point, Trent, We've got to get it at base roots community level. If we've got people that have philanthropy, you know, that are philanthropists that have money and they're looking for places to do good things in our communities, by all means, you know, we'd love to connect with people like that. You know, I mean, we're just really getting started with that. I, I want to make sure before we're out of time that yes, grid shock happened here. It was filmed in Iowa, and there were victims in Iowa, but. Grid shock is to, should be shown and taken across. It's not a, just an Iowa thing. Talking about Kansas, Missouri, it doesn't matter. This documentary should be seen everywhere, right. and so I don't want to limit it to Iowa just because it was an Iowa documentary. Yeah, I think that. I mean, Stacy alluded to this early on. The Sound of Freedom did wonderful things for generating the dialogue. But I asked the question initially, why is the largest human trafficker in Mexico funding The Sound of Freedom to be seen in movie theaters all across this country? And it was because, and now my assessment is, that they wanted to steer the narrative that this is what's happening in the Congo. This is happening in Kasuth County, Iowa. This is happening in your home county. It's not just happening somewhere around the world. And you have to recognize that and, and embrace it and get involved. Stacy said the most important word in the entire discussion, you must have courage. Why did we as a nation, individual citizens within this nation, lose, lose the courage to stand up for what is right? 100%. It, uh, it, is, it, it takes courage on, at every level in this, in this particular area. Um, you know, there's anything that gets darker than the trafficking and enslavement of other human beings. It's been going on since the dawn of, of humanity, right? But it's it is it's gotten bigger and larger and more nefarious, and it gets darker than even we have an imagination for. Um, and and we've got to stop this. It's just we've got to we've got to find a way to curtail this and and bring it to a point where, you know, we don't, it's, it's something that doesn't show up on the radar anymore. We have to put it on the radar now. That's the problem. It's been hidden. It's kind of funny guys this week on Monday, my uh, trend on the loose producer, Luke Tibor gave me a quote and he said, here's the quote of the day, Trent Thomas Jefferson said, you must, I no, not you must. I would prefer to live dangerously in freedom than peacefully in slavery. And it's like, Oh, my goodness, this has been the theme every single day, Stacey, and we have got to stop being comfortable and not engaging in what we see going wrong. That's right. Yeah, I, I want to tell you that, you know, this journey that we've been taking as Team Iowa, you know, it's opened our eyes, too. And I would probably just want to kind of end with this because it'll help people to bring the awareness is that I feel pornography is the seed to human trafficking. And that has 
you know, I, I'll be honest, I was probably naive to that, but I have had more victims. Um, I was just doing an event in Boone, Iowa, and we had a high school guidance counselor who was there at the event. And she told the whole audience, it is an everyday occurrence that a girl, a high school girl will come into her office feeling unworthy and suicidal, not because of just their, you know, the girl, the girl problems. It's because they can't arouse and stimulate their boyfriends who are addicted to porn. This Oof, is in the God. high school every day. And I, oh, that was, I, that was, Stacey, that's the first time I heard that. That's alarming. That was, these are the things that we're learning along the way that I had no idea. This is in Iowa, a high school guidance counselor. That 14-year-old boy happened in Humboldt County, uh, which is not very far away from me. He was addicted to porn, and he said it was on his phone. So when he was playing with his phone, he was, his parents are thinking he's playing on his phone, and he's watching porn videos on his phone, phone, 14 years old. A video popped up on his phone that said, doing my sister, and that's what gave him the idea to rape his four-year-old sister for three years before he got caught. This, this is, is happening, happening in everyday families right down the road from us. Yes. 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 This is what's alarming to me. And when you listened, I don't want to give away all the details of Gridchuck, but when you listen to the John, he was addicted to porn. Mm -hmm. His wife wanted nothing to do with what he had visions and fantasies of from porn. So that's why he was going to a brothel to buy humans. And we also learned on the film, the number one day, the number one day that that Johns go out to buy is Monday mornings. And I would never have thought that either, but they've spent all weekend with their family and their wives and their fantasies and their sexual desires exceed, you know, they're building up that on Monday morning, they go and buy someone and they have no problem doing it in the backseat of their car over their car seats. This is what, this is what's happening. This may be the most important concept we've addressed. You talked about it. Both of you have talked about eliminating the demand but I, I parallel it to the war on drugs and we've tried to eliminate the demand for drugs and yet drug use is higher than it's ever been i want to find the solution to accomplish what it is i know we need to do here on either one of these regards because i bet you they're tied together i bet there's there's a relationship between the illegal drug use and pornography and child trap or sex trafficking we got to work harder at finding the solution I, I don't disagree. And, and, and that's, you know, that's what it is discussed in the documentary, you know, and, and I don't know that anybody has the answer yet on, on what that solution is. Um, it's got to be multi-pronged, multi-layered, you know, Stacy, if you've got any thoughts in that, in that regard is, you know, because and, and what Stacy just shared a minute ago, every time we show this documentary, something else comes out of the genie bottle, so to speak. It's like, well, you keep can't imagine, you go, wait, what? 14 year old raping, you know, porn and raping his daughter. It's, you just go, wait a minute, how can that be happening in our societies today? It is. And it goes, I'm sure that as we continue on this journey, more things like that, stories that are like that are going to pop out. And it's just, you know, where do you start, Trent? Where do you start? Stacey, you have 30 seconds for a wrap-up. Um, I would just say the biggest thing I would ask everybody is to think creatively. How can we go after Johns without using victims? Because when we use, um, the victims are not going to sit through 200, 300 court cases when they've been sold to thousands of people. So I'm going to ask people to just, I want you to pray. And I want you to think about how can we go after these Johns without using the victims? And I think that's going to come back to 
courage um, from the citizens to do something about it, to say no more, um, and just rely and trust on that God's going to give you that that discernment to go do it. And here at the end of the day is the most important task you've been given, and that is no longer to sit back and say, oh, my God, that is awful. Say, oh, my God, what can I do? Shed light on what I need to do to be a part of the solution because mankind is in the balance. Are you part of the solution? If not, you're the problem. Thank you, Stacey Besh. Thank you, Steve Corey. It's been a pleasure. We'll do it again soon. I hope I see you both very soon on down the road, maybe even in Iowa. All three of us remind you that all roads do lead to a rural route. 